Let me read from Jeremiah 2, 13. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. I want to reflect just for a moment on the broken cisterns in our lives. The, the word says here that there have been a sin first that we do that instead of going to God to find the living water, instead we've, we've walked away from that. And the second thing it says is we go realizing we still need that water, realizing we still need hope, realizing we still need meaning, reason, realizing we still need peace and joy. We go and we dig for ourselves cisterns in our lives where we hope to find these things. We invest ourselves in different ways, our hope, our peace, our joy, our love. And what we find is eventually everything that we try and invest in ourselves in this life, eventually it dries up. Eventually it dries up. It could be a passion for, for a sports team. It could be investing ourselves in our identity in, in a spouse or in our children. It could be finding hope in the money we put away in the bank. All of these things are ways in which we try and dig these broken cisterns in our lives. Jeremiah, long ago, speaking for the Lord, asks us to just walk away from those broken cisterns and return back to the source of living water, to where we have been designed to find hope and peace and joy in everything that our lives were created to enjoy. So we're going to pray now, and we're going to first be honest before the Lord in the ways that we have walked away, and we've tried to build these broken cisterns, and then we'll, we'll invite, we'll invite um, the Lord to work with us in returning to him. Let's pray. First, Lord, we are we're mindful of the ways in which we have walked away from that source of living water, and we have gone to find our hope, our joy, our peace and comfort. We've tried to find those in other places to invest ourselves in things that are not you. Lord, I pray now that you would hear uh, in this prayer the humility of your people realizing this and saying that we are sorry. Forgive us, Father. And Lord, we also hear that call to be returning to you. That you, Jesus, came to this, to this world to walk among us and invite all who are heavy burdened to come to you. That when you saw us, you saw us as sheep without a shepherd. That when you met us in the brokenness of our lives at the wells where we meet, that you would call us to follow you such that, such that the spring of living water would be known by us because we are following you. So Lord, we also give you thanks today. We give you thanks that here we, we have your spirit with us to remind us and to be filling us once more with that, that true hope and that true peace, with that true joy and that true love that we have in you. Lord, may this time together be rich in your mercies. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Above and below, before and mind, 
Welcome formally to our worship service today, River of the Valley. I'm happy to see each and every one of you here. Also, um, happy that you are joining with us wherever you may be uh, right now or in the future uh, online. We welcome all as Christ does, as he is on the cross with his arms extended out, calling all to follow him. So we as a church welcome all, saying gratefully that Christ is here for each one of you that are gathered. Next Sunday... Uh, the 15th, we are going to have a opportunity for you to meet all of the new directors of ministries in our church. Uh, some of them you already know, like Felipe, uh, already doing worship, and others you will you will know their faces, but you will not have known that they are taking on new positions in our church directing ministry. We're going to have them all up here next Sunday. They'll share what ministry they're leading and even give you a little taste of how you could get involved or what to expect moving forward with their individual ministries. And then on the 29th, Sunday the 29th, we'll be here for worship. And then we're going to be heading out right after worship, heading outside as a church with everybody in our church. And we're going to be having a kind of like a family carnival fest out here. We'll be able to have games. The kids will do some water games. Uh, and also we are encouraging people to, uh, if if they're from a different cultural con cultural uh, country, context or country, that they can bring items from that country to decorate one of the tables that we'll put outside. And you can uh, be proud of what you bring to our church in terms of your background. So that's gonna be something we do on the 29th. We're going to gather for worship that Sunday at 10.30. Okay, so we usually gather at 10. We're gonna gather that Sunday at 10.30 because also the, those who usually come at 11 will come at 10.30, we'll meet in the middle. So we'll be able as one church to worship all together and then head out and have that special time as one body of Christ. Shana gets to share the message with us today and I'm very excited to invite her up. This is her second sermon ever. <laughs> so it's a wonderful opportunity for us. I'm gonna pray for her and then we'll, then we'll begin. Lord, I give you great praise for all that you are doing in the life of Shana uh, in terms of uh, bringing her to, to, this, to this moment in her life where she has started seminary, she's taking on responsibilities of ministry, leadership in your church. Uh, Lord, we pray that as she has stepped out of her boat and onto those waters, that you would be for us, you'd be blessing her because we need that type of leadership. We need her in, in this in this local church, but in, in the larger movement of what you're doing in this world. We need her. So, Lord, bless her, keep her, and strengthen her. This we pray in your, your name, God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
children, instead of squawking like birds, can head off to the children's time. Out the back with Pastor Christy. Good to see you, Peter. Well, they are excited. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Pastor, for that prayer. I need it. <laughs> so today, I'm actually going to focus on a passage from Ecclesiastes. Let me see if I can. Oh, well, that's good to know. I'm not that coordinated, so this might be kind of funny. Okay, so we're going to focus on a book from the Old Testament today, a passage in Ecclesiastes. This is a book of wisdom, and it's actually a very personal book. The author of this book is not known. However, he often alludes to King Solomon. And King Solomon was David's son that preceded him as a king. And the author of this book, it's very apparent that he's an older gentleman. He's reflecting back on his life. And he possibly could have been a king. He was a person of power and prestige, and he had money. And it's kind of a revealing book because it shows that just because you have money and power, you don't get to forgo that suffering that we all get to do here on earth. He ponders the meaning of human existence and wrestles with a lot of struggles. He talks about fear, social injustices, physical suffering, and, you know, old age is coming for him. He's, he's dealing with uh, that breakdown of his body and ultimately death. And the rabbis actually debated whether they wanted to include this book in the canon. The canon is the group of books that come together to form our Bible. And they were really hesitant to include this because at times it seems to contradict the Torah. And the Torah is the first five books of the Bible, which give us all the commandments and the laws. But they decided to keep it because they felt it was really relevant because it shows this person who obviously believes in God. He has a lot of respect for God. As a matter of fact, over 40 times he mentions God throughout this book. And he embraces life, and he respects the commandments. Yet, he seems to really relate to those that are disappointed in God and things that have happened in their life. So, it's a really revealing book. I encourage you to take a look at it. Today, we're going to look at Ecclesiastes 4, verses 9 through 10. It says, two are better than one, because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift the other up. But if woe to the one is alone and falls and does not have the help of another. This is really contradictory to our current culture. I mean, most of us have heard, you know, you, you talk about going into partnership or becoming, you know, going into relationship with something, and many people around us will tell us why we shouldn't, what, what will go wrong. You know, we've all heard, if you want it done right, just do it yourself. Because there are, there are risks to relationships. 
I mean, most of us have been rejected. We reach out to somebody and we don't hear back. We put ourselves out there and it doesn't go the way that we expected. We'll share confidences with somebody and then we're betrayed. They tell other people and we're exposed. And there's also disappointment. You know, we have hope for things and it doesn't go the way we thought it would. Or they move away or we lose them due to death. So these broken relationships and these past experiences, they start this reel in our head. Anytime we start to think about having friendships or developing relationships, oh, no, don't. You'll get hurt. You'll be disappointed. Don't invest there. Besides, they don't want to hear from you. Do we know this, these voices in our head? Do you guys all have these going on? Or is it just me? <laughs> you know, throughout time, the world has really instilled this in us to the individualism, take care of number one. And with the industrial revolution, materialism is off the chart. There is always something nicer, better, newer, that we need to get so that we'll be new and improved, we'll be complete. And with this comes the workaholism, you know? They keep telling us, just work a little harder, work a little longer, and then you can have all those pretty shiny things you want. But Ecclesiastes warns us about these identity traps. And Proverbs 18.1, it says, the one who lives alone is self-indulgent, showing contempt for all who have sound judgment. That was me at one time. This is, this is what I lived by. I was out there making great money. I was a lone soldier, working, working, working. And boy, I was enticed by money. You show me the money and I'll go after it. My family that was concerned about me, they wanted me to start, you know, have you, have you thought about having a family? Are you going to get married? I pushed them away. I'm like, uh-uh, you're not going to try to control me. You can't control me. I saw them as trying to manipulate me to have the things that they wanted for me, not what I wanted. And then I would talk to my friends, friends that I had for a long time. And I'd be talking to them, and they'd be sharing about achievements and things that they had going good for them. But I wasn't listening. I was in my head going, how come that's working out for them? How come I don't have this? What about me? Why isn't my life working out? I was comparing myself to them. And I wasn't hearing anything they said. So all of a sudden, they were like competition. I didn't want to talk to them anymore. I was feeling threatened. And that's what the world wants us to do. They, the world will have us believe that money is going to be the key to everything. It's going to give us everything we ever wanted, give us that security. And it robs us. It really robs us of our God-given freedom and our capacity for joy. Ecclesiastes, it makes a case for community and friendship. And it notes how useless it is to work and struggle for so much alone. Now, many of the people here, I know that they know the value of relationship, and I hope throughout this sermon, you're, you're hearing the blessings and the joy. But some of us struggle, you know? Some of us find ourselves alone. It can be a really lonely place. 
but relationships that we invest in, they matter. Jesus said that we must love one another. So here are some tips for some solid, healthy relationships. First of all, accept and appreciate each other. Hang out with people that you're attracted to. And I don't mean physically attracted. I mean that you have hobbies, that you have things in common with, that you truly enjoy. And commit to be into friendships that empower you. You know, be around people that build you up, that will listen to you. And you do the same in return. And honor those confidences. That's what builds trust in relationships. You know, to be effective in our lives, we really need to balance our personal and leisure time with our time of work. That's what's so amazing about the Sabbath. We get time to rest, to rejuvenate our souls. And this makes us show up so much better in the world. We're, we've got a better attitude. We can give more of ourselves. We've got more energy. Ultimately, we're more productive. At Fuller, I'm taking a class right now. It's a mentoring class, and I get chills in this class. It's really fascinating. And we had to do this exercise, and we had a timeline. And on the timeline, we had to start at zero, and we had to put hash marks for every five years. And the exercise was for us to write down the friendships that we made during different periods of our life. And then it asked you a bunch of questions afterwards. It said, you know, how many of your friendships are male? And how many are female? And how many are older? How many of them are younger? And are there times in your life where you've made more friends? Are there things that happen? And I realized here at this church, becoming part of this church, I've made so many rich friendships. So thank you guys. Because as you get older and you're no longer in school, th that season of making friends, it, it gets uh, smaller. It's a little less. And another thing it had us do is it like had us know like lifelong long friends. Like how many friends, I have friends that I've known since the day I was born. I'm so grateful for those friendships. And I also started realizing it asked how many of those friendships are spiritual. You know, you, you have faith, you believe that there's purpose in your life. And boy, I've been blessed. I have so many wonderful friends that, you know, they care about me, they reach out to me. And so it was a really revealing exercise that helped me learn a lot. And, you know, Christ, he wants us to live in community. That's how Christ cares for us. He uses our gifts and talents so that we can bless other people, so that we can be generous to people when they're in need. And great friends, they help us. They encourage us when we're facing adversity. They offer us comfort when we're sad. Two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up the other. But woe to the one who is alone and falls and does not have another to help. All people need friendships, and these friendships are blessings from God. Sure, sometimes those seasons end, and sometimes we leave 
people behind, that things happen. But that exercise made me realize that even those people that fell out of my life for whatever reason, there was a purpose. And things were, there was value in those relationships. So I encourage you all, you know, establish meaningful relationships. And if you are in a season where you feel short on friends, start praying. Pray for God to reveal people in your life that can walk with you and have fun with you and start to seek. Look in these communities where you belong, here at church, school, work, any clubs you might be members of. And think of those that you enjoy being with. Who makes you smile? Who, who's fun to be around? And reach out to them. Send them a text. Give them a call. Write them a letter. Send them a card. Let them know you're thinking about them. See what's going on in their lives. I've heard a lot lately. What happened to so-and-so? How come they're not coming back to church? If they're not here and you've been thinking about them, reach out to them. See what's going on. See what's happening in their lives. And if they're struggling, if there's things going on that they're going to this dark place, pray with them and continue to pray for them throughout the week. And then make time for them. You know, invite them to go for a walk or to have coffee and meet regularly, you know. Then be accountable. If you make plans to do something, show up, be on time, be count onable. My prayer is that we all make time to connect with those that bring us joy. That we discover the truth in this passage. That when we unite, we are stronger and better equipped. Ecclesiastes 4, 11 through 12 tells us, Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though one might prevail against another, two will withstand one. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. So take this wisdom. You know, relationships should not be about your needs. They should be about people. Make time to listen, really hear people, hear what they're saying. It's not hard to just listen and affirm what they're saying. You don't have to figure out things for them and fix them. You just need to hear them. Let them enrich your lives and you enrich their lives. And then do the work to ensure that you have healthy relationships. Reach out, make time for them, pray with and for each other and commit to empowering each other. You know, we've all been, you know, a little skeptic after having a relationship, a broken relationship, we get hurt. So if you're worried about confidentiality, if you've had those broken relationships, talk about it. You know, I have a good friend and we've been good friends for a long time, but I could sense there was like these places where we were kind of holding back, you know, or sure. And so one day, we just I was real intentional about it. I said, you know, if there's any ever anything that you need to be held in confidence, let me know. Tell me, hey, keep this in confidence, and I will. And then honor that. When we honor each other's trust, we can help someone else so much just by being that sounding board that lets them 
work it out, to hear it. Sometimes I'm a very auditory learner. As soon as I say it, boom, all of a sudden I understand what I need to do. So I'm really grateful for people that let me voice myself. Go get your good reward. Last week, Pastor told us about Galatians and how we were to bear one another's burden. Galatians 6.2 tells us, bear one another's burden, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. He wants us to care for each other. He wants us to be here for one another. So please, if you see people you haven't, if you don't see people that you haven't seen here at church, reach out to them. Donna has their numbers. We have directories. People are hurting right now. We've just all been through a very tough year. And many of us have lost things. Many of us are wondering what the future holds. And so we need to reach out to them and let them know we're thinking about them and we care and we have an ear to listen if they need it. And I know that that will mean so much to them. So let me pray. Dear Father, thank you for these words. Thank you for letting friendship be the way. What an exciting way to build our lives, having people to share with and to grow with. It's, it's an amazing blessing. So I thank you for the friends that have walked on my journey with me and who have been there to listen. And I pray that everyone here um, feels someone on their heart that brings joy into their life and that this week you give them the courage to turn down the volume on those negative thoughts that the devil wants us to believe, that no one wants to hear from us, or we're not worthy of friendship, because that's not true. You created us to live in community and to help one another. So Lord, inspire us in that way. And I raise up my Iranian friends today. I I know that things are tough in their country, and this virus is really hitting them hard. So Lord, I, I haven't seen many of them in a long time. So Lord, help me do better to reach out to them and let them know that we care here and we will be praying for them. I lift up their families. I pray that you will give them protection and bring the resources and the provision that they need so they can stay safe and stay healthy. We pray for all of those all over the world. This pandemic has definitely shown us our limits. And so, Lord, we we lift up this world to you and we ask for healing. We ask for wisdom. We ask for understanding. And we ask for friendships that can help us to accomplish those things that, that you gave us our life for, the purpose of our life. Lord, thank you. Just thank you for all you do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I am a introvert. I can be here with you all for worship, and then I go home and crawl into a ball. Not quite that dramatic, but I do get... I do 
in the first place get tired being around people. But then second, I'm also pretty shy. And some, I, some people hear that from me and they say, how's that possible? You get up in front of people and talk. Yeah, but I'm actually not right now, I'm not actually talking with any of you one-on-one. -on -one. It's easier to be shy and talk in front of a lot of people than you might think. So hearing, hearing the words of Shana today, I know Shana is, is gregarious, is extrovert. She naturally gravitates towards people. And then I know for some of us, we hear the words and it's like, oh man, it's so true and it's so hard. It's so true and it's so hard. Um, she mentioned that there are people in our lives, there are always people in our lives that we need to be reaching out to, no matter how shy, no matter how introverted we are. I wanna take a moment as part of our offering today. I wanna take a moment and um, pray silently. Each of, each of us will pray silently and ask the Lord who, who's someone in our life that we really should have already reached out to by now and we haven't. Who is someone in our life that probably we should have reached out to already and we just haven't yet for whatever reason? Maybe it's, as Shana said, someone that was regular here that you haven't seen and maybe you've been asking why but you haven't taken that next step to really reach out. Maybe it's a friend, not even a part of this community of faith that you haven't seen in a while and you're just wondering about. And then there might be someone the Lord might put on your heart right now that he knows God knows needs to have someone reach out to them. You might not even know why you're doing it, but the name might come to you, and that might be the person that you're supposed to reach out to. So we're going to take a moment, and we'll silently reflect with that prayer. Lord, who is, who is the person that, that you're putting upon my heart right now that I really need to be reaching out to today? So let's pray. Father, we ask now that in response part of our offering to this message is that we are we are called to be in communion in community that you have put people in our lives that that not only bless us but we are to be a blessing so lord in in this moment our prayer is that your spirit would be with us and that you would put upon our hearts and our minds at least one person that you are calling us to connect with today any sort of personality barriers in each of us or any type of past experiences that have conditioned us to not take steps to reach out to this person. But rather, we pray that your spirit would give us that, that holy fire to burn the passion, to love others and to connect with them and to be that presence in the world that is reconciling and is healing. We thank you for what you've done in our life. For first, building that bridge to us, that when we were in need, you did not stay far away, but you drove near. You brought your kingdom with you, and that now we have connection with you because you took that first step. Now, Lord, help us. Help us to be that step today. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.